Welcome back to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. I want to thank you for listening. And if this is your first time joining me, I want to welcome you. Can I encourage you to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode? And if you have an extra moment, would you consider leaving a review? It would be such a blessing to help others find this podcast. There is also a link in the show notes where you can download free Bible reading plans, as well as a place on the blog page where you can enter your email address. I promise that your inbox will never be flooded with promotions or products, but I send out a weekly email announcing the new podcast episode, plus a monthly newsletter that arrives on the first Monday entitled A Quiet Moment, where we share a small devotional and recommendations that will bless and encourage your heart, so you don't want to miss that. There's also a link in the show notes that allows you to donate to this ministry. Your support helps us in continuing to encourage the hearts of women with the truth of God's word. Today, we are jumping back into our Daughters of Eve series and actually picking up just about where we left off in 2 Kings chapter 4, where we will meet an interesting woman who's simply known as the Shunammite woman. I love her story, and there is so much to learn that we will break it down into two parts. Today, I want to focus on verses 8 through 17. Now let's start by reading till verse 10. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is an holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. She was a woman given to hospitality, a woman who reached forth her hands to others, a woman who looked with intention and attention to the needs of others, which are just a few reasons I admire her so much. The word great means noble. She was a noble woman who noticed the prophet and reached out to him with kindness by insisting that he and his servant eat with them and did it with such a spirit that assured them she meant it, that it was no bother, but an utter delight. And it was such a pleasant experience that every time he came through, he made it a habit to stop by for dinner. Makes you wonder if he tended to come by that way more often and always close to dinner time. But that is a sweet reminder for us to cultivate a home that is a place enjoyed by all who enter, that they desire to come by frequently and linger. But this woman went a step farther and asked her husband if they could do a little home renovation so they could have a room for Elisha and his servant to stay. Sometimes we breeze by that phrase, but consider what that meant for them. They had to use their own resources to build an addition to their home, not to mention the extra time it took for them to build, as well as buy some extra furniture. She was willing to do all of that to accommodate her guest, and her husband agreed to her request. Her desire was of the purest motive, and her attention to detail exceptional. She gave him a bed, which was an obvious need, but also a table and a stool in case he wanted to write, plus a candlestick so he could have light whenever he needed. She was the perfect hostess in every way and completely surprised Elisha. His gratitude poured out in the form of wanting to do something nice for her as we read in verses 11 through 13. And it fell on a day that he came thither and turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi his servant, Call this Shunammite. 
And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. Elijah asked her what he could do for her. And her response only makes you admire her more and what I want to spend most of her time on today. She dwelled among her own people. The word dwell means to sit in quiet, to settle, to keep house. She was a woman who understood what it truly meant to be content. She was perfectly happy to sit in quiet, to sit in the shadows in her settled life and keep house. She had everything she needed in life and was content. How many of us can say the same? How many of us find these words coming out of our mouth? If only I had this or that or could go here or do this. And marketers are quick to take advantage of our discontentment by offering us a great deal or a new product that we just have to have. But they would have had a hard time with this woman. She was content. The dictionary defines content as a state of peaceful happiness or it can be also a state of satisfaction. Both definitions are convicting, especially for Christians. Christ is all we need. And how much of our time is wasted wishing we had something else? And what do we lose because of this distraction? Think about that for a moment. If our focus is always on the next thing or thinking about what we don't have, we are not able to fully attend to what needs to be done today. That is the danger of discontentment. It distracts our focus from what really matters. For this woman, she lived in the present and her focus was on the current needs, which is why she was always able to see Elisha's needs. She was happy where she was. But there is something else about contentment that is interesting. It is not given, but learned. Notice what Paul says in Philippians 4.11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Contentment is not a trait that comes naturally or can be given like grace. It has to be learned. The world is good at bombarding us with things it thinks we just have to have, that our life would be so much better if we only had this one item. And our own natural desires can work against us and cause us to be discontent, especially when we see others enjoying something we wish we had, such as a spouse or children or a better job. But this woman, is a beautiful example of what happens when a person chooses to be content with where they are, where God has led them, and with what he has given them. Now, this does not mean that we cannot pray for something, but it should be done with a will that trusts the heart of our Father. To be content is a choice. It is a decision on our part to be satisfied with what we have and not focus on what we think we must have. In truth, many of us have more than we need. We have more than one pair of shoes. We have a pantry full of food, ample clothes, and a place to sleep. There are many who would look at us with what we have and call us rich. And I think that plays a big part in being satisfied, having the right perspective as this woman did. She was settled in the life she had and was happy where she was. She had chosen to need no more. But the next verse reveals something interesting. Listen to 14 through 16. And he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, verily, she hath no child and her husband is old. And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. 
And she said, Nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thy handmaid. I love how blunt Gehazi is. Elisha wants to do something, but what? And it's his servant who states the obvious. She has no child and her husband is old, which seemed to imply that having a child was not very likely. This was the light bulb moment for Elisha, and he calls for the woman to tell her she will have a child, a son. But notice her response is not one of delight, but almost fear. She tells him not to lie to her. It seems that Elisha has managed to prick her one desire, not a discontentment, but a desire. She longed to have a child as any woman in Israel would. It was often their sense of worth or value to the family that they could produce an heir, but she had not. And like many other women in the Bible, Rebecca, Rachel, she wanted a child, but instead of hosting a pity party, she had chosen to be content, yet that didn't mean the ache wasn't there. And it seems that she was afraid to even hope. She told him not to lie to her. Don't give me a false hope. I don't want to have it dashed once more. I am confident that many of us can relate to this feeling. We have a desire, a natural one that is embedded deep within our soul. And it has been the cause of many tears as years slip by and hope slowly diminishes. Trust me, I understand this feeling, but this woman's story has been such a challenge to me in my own life. She learned to be content. She had not let her unfulfilled desire make her sad or miserable or a grumbler. And I admire that. I want that in my own life. I want to have a focus on Christ, trusting that his will, his plan is best for me. And I desire that for you too. But I want to leave you with this beautiful thought in verse 17. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elijah had said unto her, according to the time of life. She finally, and in a most unexpected way, received one of her greatest desires. She had a son of her very own. Sometimes God does grant our desires. It just may not be at the time we hoped or wished, but when it happens, it is a beautiful thing. You may still be waiting or perhaps discouraged as the hope for your desire to happen begins to dwindle. I don't know the future. I can't tell you that, yes, God will give it to you. Just be patient. But what I do want to do is gently ask if you have learned to be content where you are. There is so much we have been given and God has a purpose for your life exactly where you are. He wants to use you to do something for him. And that is one of the highest honors we can receive to be of service to the King of Kings, to be entrusted with a task from him. The more content we become, the more we will see around us things to be grateful for, things that we can do, people we can help. And the list goes on. Please don't let discontentment rob you of your focus, your joy, your gratitude. Just like Paul, we can learn to be content anywhere and in any season if we just set our minds to it and focus on Christ. Now, I would like to encourage each of us to be also women who reach out to one another, to call or text someone to tell them just how much you appreciate them. This is a wonderful way we can brighten a person's day and lift their spirits, to be looking for ways like this woman did to bless others and cultivate a home that is a delight for everyone. I believe that a contented woman is one who can be used by God because she is a woman who is filled by God as she seeks him in the quiet place, finding her joy in the one who loves her with an everlasting love. 
And that is where we will end our episode today. Have a wonderful day, my friends. I pray that you'll remember just how special you are in the sight of God. Thank you.